Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host, Brandy, and on this show we talk about all things wrestling, from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to cover Monday Night Raw from 5-3 and Friday Night SmackDown from 5-7. So let's get this show started, shall we? First, Monday Night Raw from 5-3. It started out with MVP. Of course, we know that Braun Strowman last week won a shot to be in what is called a triple threat match for the WWE title against Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. And I told you guys how I felt about this match. Don't like triple threat matches. I've never liked triple threat matches. It doesn't fare well for the champ, and it doesn't favor you know the other opponent. But then again... It could be an interesting match. Don't know. But, of course, MVP cut a promo about how he was not happy about Braun Strowman winning this match. I agree, but don't agree. Because it kind of, like I said, I don't like triple threat matches. But it kind of gives, you know, Lashley a little bit more of a new opponent that he's never faced before. I mean, he faced Braun way back in the day. But this, like I've told you guys in past podcasts, this is a totally different Bobby Lashley from the Bobby Lashley when he was United States champ and the Bobby Lashley prior to United States championship. So, Braun is playing with a whole new deck, something he's not used to playing with. So, it's kind of interesting how this is going to work, if this is going to work right. But, of course... Braun does have a shot, of course, on Raw to face Bobby Lashley in a one-on-one competition, but they were trying to figure out, basically, they were doing a coin flip, which to me, coin flip is kind of stupid. It's pointless. Why should we even do a coin flip? Just send both boys out there, let them do their thing, and show what they got. But, of course, MVP agreed. Wasn't a good idea, but they did the coin flip anyways to determine, you know, pretty much... Drew was there, doing what Drew does, being Drew. Gotta love Drew where he comes from. But, of course, we did see that match. That match would be later on that night, of course, against Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. So, I'm interested to see how this is going to go, but we'll find out. Anyway, AJ Styles and almost. We have not seen AJ Styles and almost since they won the titles at WrestleMania. Questions were wondering where they were. What were they doing? AJ, of course, in classic AJ fashion, said, oh, we were doing, you know, video shoots. We were cutting commercials. We were doing all the... It was cute. It was hilarious. Absolutely great. AJ goes on to tell everybody, for those of you who didn't know, that he's a Grand Slam champ. Way to go, AJ. Proud of you, AJ. Glad to see that. New Day interrupts their whole promo. Almost does not like getting interrupted. I mean, this guy, I tease that sometimes he is reminds me of the dog from the Tom and Jerry cartoons that goes, which way do we go, George? Which way do we go? He kind of reminds me of that, but almost is starting to grow on me a little bit. His attitude and stuff is kind of cool. It's a fresh thing to see. Not so much with AJ, because to me, AJ really doesn't need backup. AJ is good as AJ. He does not need backup in anything that he does. But then again, maybe creative's trying to come up with something new, something fresh, you know. But anywho, they get interrupted by my boys, The New Day, which I love. These guys literally are on fire. Everything that they do, every promo they cut, everything that they ever do, is fantastic to watch Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston do what they do. You just want to sit back and relax and be like, okay, this is great. Some of you may disagree. Some of you may not like The New Day. That's fine if you do or you don't, but to me, the New Day's good. I like them. But anyways, they interrupt AJ. In, in classic New Day fashion, they interrupt AJ. 
almost doesn't like it. For the first time since we've seen him come on, he actually takes the mic and speaks. And basically tells the boys, if you're going to start something, step up. Let's go. Let's get this fight on the road. I'm like, hey, I like this. I like to finally get to hear the big man talk. Because normally, he's just standing there letting AJ do his thing and doesn't say a word. Grabs AJ, things like that. Come on, almost. If you're going to be a champ and of any kind, you got to step up. You got to speak. Come on, speak. But, of course, he does. This, of course, was a tag team rematch from WrestleMania. Classic match. I mean, classic match all the way. You knew they did their thing. Almost showed a little bit more of what almost... Of course, almost again, not in ring gear. I don't know what the deal is with this. He comes in looking like he just walked off a model shoot. That okay, If that's how you feel about it, almost go for it. But to me, I'd like to see him in ring gear. I would like to see a little bit more of almost, you know, one-on-one. Something like that. Not, you know, but of course, we don't get that. But we did get what we saw at WrestleMania. AJ standing up on almost his shoulders and doing a phenomenal forearm. I told you guys at WrestleMania, this was a fantastic, I mean, fantastic move. And to get to see AJ do this again and capitalize, it was fantastic. I loved it. Of course, we all know, and maybe some of you don't, that AJ and almost did win that match. It was a good match. I will give it. You'll give it props where props is due. It was a good match. Unfortunately, I don't like the way that they're doing the New Day. Maybe they've got something up, up their sleeve. Maybe they're going to do something else with New Day. Maybe they're going to let Xavier go for a title run singly. I don't know what they're doing with this. But it's interesting to see. And it's kind of fun to watch AJ and almost work. Because, you know, they kind of... The chemistry between them and the New Day is really good. They both have their comical side. And they really stand out. So I like to see it. Sonya Deville. What can I say about Sonya Deville? She has got me questioning everything about her. I mean, this girl seems to be going all the way around Adam Pierce's back and setting up things that should not be set up. Doing things that shouldn't be done. If you are a manager coming to help another manager in you know, either Raw, SmackDown, any promotion, you need to communicate with the other manager. Don't go behind their back and do something without talking to them first course Adam Pierce is not liking this he's not like Sonya making decisions without talking to him I'm with you I'm with Adam on this this to me you know come on you are helping Adam out you need to talk to Adam stop making excuses stop you know running around doing whatever you want to do you are a manager you are a person in charge of the talent in the back room Please, I'm happy that you want to help the women's division. Way to go, Sonya. Go for it. But talk to your other partner before you go making crazy decisions. Don't just go doing it on a whim. Of course, like I said, Adam didn't like it. And he confronted her about it and told her he basically did not like what she was doing. The fact that she wasn't communicating with him. The fact that she was doing things behind his back. Adam was not happy. Now, I'm not quite sure where they're going with this. Is Adam Pierce about to go on vacation? Sonya about to take over the roster? What are, where are we going with this? What is up with Sonya Deville? What is she doing? What is her plan? I mean, is she about to return to the ring? What are, what are we about to see? I'm interested to see where this is going to go because this is a really a good could be a really good storyline. It's got me and I'm pretty sure some of you out there in the wrestling universe going, what is Sonya up to? She's conniving. She's scheming. What is she doing? 
they, I mean, Sonya's done this all the time. This is classic Sonya Deville. The problem I have is, is that she's a manager. Your responsibility, like I said, as a manager is to talk to whoever you're working with. Not just go behind your back and do it, behind their back and do it on your own. That, to me, just, that that's going rogue. And that, that bugs me a little. Some of you in the wrestling world may not agree. And if you do, like I said, give me a shout out. Tell me your opinion. Tell me what you think about what Sonya Deville's doing. Are you thinking the same thing? Am I thinking? Is there something totally I'm missing? Let me know. I would love to know what you guys think. This one, I'm kind of not happy about. And I'm going to tell you why. I always stand by my women's division. I owe as a female wrestling fan... I stand by the women's division. I think the women's division needs a little bit more, you know, credit where credit's due. I think that they deserve to be in more matches. I think they deserve to, you know, main event more things. I think they deserve to headline more pay-per-views. I agree. The problem that I have is the fact that they're bringing Ava Marie back. For those of you who don't know who Ava is, go on social media. Go back to when her first round in WWE was and watch her. I'm telling you, you will be like scratching your head going, what in the world? Ava cuts a promo saying she is returning to WWE. What in the heck? I love the women's division, and I stand by every woman that is in that division. But Ava, uh-uh. I have a big problem. And some of you might disagree. Some of you might like Ava. Me, I have a problem with her because she's not impressed me at all. She didn't impress me back then. She doesn't impress me now. If she didn't want to wrestle a match, she just walked back out. Like, she didn't have to do anything. She walked out there thinking she was all pretty. She acted like she was on a modeling shoot. Come on, guys. When she wrestled, she let the other people wrestle for her while she stood back and basically did nothing. She has maybe a couple of moves. She may have improved since the last time she was on there. But I'm telling you guys, she did not impress me. She's not impressing me now. I, you, you fire Mickey James and bring in Ava Marie. What are you thinking, WWE? Mickey James is a hell of a better wrestler than Ava Marie. You're just bringing Ava Marie back because she's pretty and she'll, she'll do anything you want her to do. Come on, guys. You've got tons of women in the division right now that would be perfect to be in the spotlight. And you're going to bring back Ava. Uh-uh. I have a problem with that. Some of you may disagree. And like I said, shout out and tell me what you think. But in my opinion, Ava does not need to come back to WWE. She She's a heck of a model. She needs to stay doing what she's doing, what she knows, and not come into a place that she doesn't know. I, I, I'm not going to say that she's not going to be good. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. But right now, from her track record from last time she was on there... I don't see her being any better this time. And I pretty much see her trying to kiss up to WWE Creative just so that she can get all the spotlight, the attention. Not fair to the rest of the women's division. Not fair to them at all. Definitely not fair to Mickie James. That bugs me. Now, MVP and Bobby Lashley. We, like I said, MVP, I love him. I do. But he needs to let Lashley chop. Do like Paul Heyman does on SmackDown. Stand behind Lashley. Make Lashley look good. And just be quiet. Let Lashley cut his promo. Stop interrupting Bobby Lashley. Stop talking for Bobby Lashley. You're not the mouthpiece for Lashley. Lashley knows how to talk. He's proven he can speak. And he speaks 
authoritatively. He is the WWE champion. He needs to talk, not stand there and look like a big monster. Lashley is good. He does not need MVP to be his mouthpiece. Lashley can do it on his own. In the beginning, yes, he did because he had a little trouble being on the mic. Now, Lashley's got it. He's a pro. He has got it. He does not need MVP. Again, stop letting MVP talk for him and let him talk, WWE. Let him speak his mind. Let him give his opinion. Instead of letting MVP cut him off, let MVP start his promo for him. And then he stand in the back, be quiet, do what you do best, be a manager, and be quiet. Elias and Riker. <laughs> As I told you guys, in AJ's match, of course, the New Day lost. They lost hardcore, but it was still a good match. They're in the back because they got beat to death by almost an AJ. Badly. They're in the back getting taken care of by medical staff. Ice packs on their shoulders. You know, they're trying to get them to where their muscles are relaxed. They're, you know, they looked obviously have been through the ringer. Well, Elias and Riker, after what happened last week involving them with The Miz and Morrison, and then, of course, you had New Day and Damian Priest throwing rotten tomatoes at them, which, best segment ever, decided they weren't going to take that line down. Elias and Riker were like, nope, we're not going to take this line down. We're going to sneak up when the medical staff walks away. We're going to hit them with rotten tomatoes. It backfired. It backfired in the worst way because they didn't hit the New Day. No, they hit the Viper Randy Orton. Oopsie. Bad idea, boys. You don't hit the legend killer. That is the wrong thing to do. And believe me, they did. And they ran for the hills. They knew they were in trouble. Charlotte versus Dana Brooke. Like I told you, I stand by my women's division. I stand by them completely. But this match to me was another abuse of power. Pardon me. Maybe some of you disagree by Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville trying to prove a point. She might be, and I'm trying to give her the benefit of a doubt, that she might be trying to give the women's division a little bit more, you know, star time, a little bit more showing up on TV. But to me, she's purposely picking on Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. I don't like it. Mandy and Dana are a great tag team. They came to Monday Night Raw to win championships. That's what they came there for. Not to be put to the ringer by, by you know, Sonya Deville's little golden girl, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte's acting like a bully. And I, I love Charlotte whether she's heel or face. I will tell you guys out there in the wrestling world right now, I do. My biggest problem is, is right now, I don't like Charlotte. I don't like her attitude. I don't like her being a bully toward the rest of the women's division. She knows dang well that every single one of those girls in that division have worked just as hard as she has. That, you know, have you know, followed her blueprint, followed her standard, done everything to the letter. They've supported her. They've stood by her. They've done everything. They were just as hard as Charlotte. And Charlotte seems to think for a second that she is better than the rest of the girls in the back. Charlotte, I hate to inform you, you are not better than them. You are good, but you're not that good. Just because you're a flair does not mean you have the right to bully the other women in the division. I don't get it. I just don't get it. If you have a beef with someone, 
take it to the ring and do it the right way, the proper way. Don't go sitting here and claiming that you are the top person and that everyone else needs to fall behind you. Classic heel. I get it's heel. Some of you are going to tell me that in my social media that it's heel. I get that. But to me, it's a step too far. It's a step too far with Charlotte. It's just to me it is. It, it, it goes beyond what I would see Charlotte as to me, in my opinion. You may disagree. But anywho, Charlotte and Dana Brooks match, squash match. That's the way I see it. Dana did really well. She tried. Bless Dana Brooks' heart, she tried. She tried. She did well. I mean, she proved to Charlotte that she's no pushover. She really proved that she wasn't. In the end, of course, Charlotte Flair did win that one. What Charlotte didn't see and what blindsided her was Mandy Rose coming in and basically proving a point. You don't do this. This is not how we do things around here. And Mandy whooped her butt. Kudos to you, Mandy Rose. Nice to stand up for the women's division. Thank you very much. Stand up to a bully and put them in their place. Of course, Sonya Deville does come out. And Charlotte, she made a compelling case. I will grant it, she made a compelling case that she was left out of WrestleMania. We all know the truth as to why Charlotte wasn't at WrestleMania, but we're not going to go into that. We all know. We're not stupid. But she made a compelling case to Sonya Deville that she needed to be added to Asuka's and Rhea's title match at WrestleMania Backlash. Again, I've said it. I said it earlier. I'm going to say it now. I hate triple threat matches. They don't fare well for the other two opponents. They definitely don't do well for the champ at all. Because the champ can't, don't even have to get pinned to lose the title. I mean, to me, I don't like it. But she makes a compelling case to Sonya. My problem with it is, is Sonya, instead of consulting with Adam Pearce and telling Adam Pearce what Charlotte had suggested, Sonya goes ahead and goes behind Adam Pearce is back yet again and adds Charlotte Flair to the match. We don't need another triple threat match. The first one's going to sell on its own. We don't need another one. I mean, granted, I would love to see the women do a triple threat match. But if you're going to do a triple threat match with women, make them the main event. Put them in the main event. We all know that's not going to happen. That's not going to be the case. Two triple threat matches in one pay-per-view? Mm-mm. I'm not for it. I don't like it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And the fact that Rhea and Asuka don't even get, you know, they come out, they put their put their case to the point, and Rhea is right. When Rhea backs up and tells uh, Sonya, she didn't earn it. She didn't earn it. Rhea is right. Charlotte did not earn her shot. Asuka did. Rhea's the champ. Charlotte should have been put in a match to earn her spot just like Braun Strowman did. That would have been fair. To me, that's a handout because she's a flair. Come on, guys. Put Charlotte in a match. Make her earn her shot in a triple threat match. I don't care who you put her against. Just put her in a match and make her earn it. But no, you just went ahead and threw her in. How was that fair to Braun? Braun earned his title shot. Well, I mean, come on. Why couldn't Charlotte? Is she that? Inca- I don't think she's that incapable of, win- of winning a, t- you know, a chance at the title. I just think they're playing favoritism because she's a flair. To me, I mean, you may disagree, but to me, that's how I feel. They're playing favoritism for her, toward her because she is a flair. And I'm sorry, I just don't like the idea of favoritism toward one without the other. It's not fair to anybody, any other woman back there on the roster that would love to have a shot to be put in a triple threat match. No, you automatically put Charlotte in. I don't like that. I disagree. 
Well, then we have Humberto Correa. We all know what's been going on with Humberto Correa. We all know. He's been having some issues with Seamus. Seamus has been doing open challenges, and every time Humberto Correa comes out, Seamus beats the living daylights out of him. This is Seamus. This is classic Seamus. This is what Seamus does when he has a championship. He dominates. I mean, he dominates when he doesn't, but he's more dominating when he's a champion. Humberto Carrillo basically tells Seamus, I'm not going to let you sleep. I'm not going to let you rest. Every time you look over your shoulder, there I'm going to be. Coming for that United States title to get my right at that title. Of course, Seamus don't like that. In the middle of the interview, Seamus attacks Alberto Carrillo. Basically taking Carrillo out. Telling him basically, no, 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 no. You're not going to come at me. You're not going to come at my title. This, is, this isn't going to work. Now, I'm starting to think, and maybe you guys will disagree. And if you do, social media, let me know. I think they're getting ready to set up Alberto Carrillo and Sheamus for a United States title match. I think that's coming. I think they're building up to it. I could be wrong. They could completely swerve me and do another triple threat match. I don't know. But that's what it looks like that they're building up to. I like this storyline. It's something fresh. It's something new. It's giving Carrillo airtime, which is whatever I've said, I've said a dozen times. There are superstars in the back who deserve a shot to be on Raw and showcase what they can do. And Creative is actually doing this with Humberto Carrillo. I like it. I like where they're going. I like the fact that they're putting him with a veteran like Sheamus to give him, you know, that airtime and give him that boost. I like it. And it's great. It's a great storyline. It's wonderful. Now we move on to The Miz. I've told you guys I love The Miz. Anything this man does is golden. Anything he does, whether he's a champ, whether he's, you know, doing a promo, whether he's in the ring, whether he's cutting a commercial, whether he's on television, whatever this man does is golden. You put Miz in front of any situation and Miz can make it look spectacular. Miz is just that good. He comes out with Morrison and him and Morrison again talking about Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. They can't let the Bad Bunny storyline go. Quite yet, they're still trying, you know, with this whole thing that Miz is the reason Bad Bunny's so big and huge. Miz, I love you. But Bad Bunny was big before he got with you. And he's big way after he got with you. Just get off the get off the Bad Bunny train. You, you're good without it. Morrison, I love Morrison. When you put him with Miz, it's like it's like watching a cartoon or a sitcom it is hilarious to watch these two work together because they're so good together their chemistry is good the way they interact with each other on the mic the way they are in the ring it is fantastic of course damian priest morrison has a match with him i'm kind of interested in this one because like i said you've got two different styles of wrestling going in morrison's kind of a high flyer and damian priest is just coming there beat the daylights out of you walk back out priest owns the ring when he's in the ring so i was kind of interested to see how these two styles would go would miz get involved could we see you know another upset like we did with maurice a few weeks back that cost damien his match i wasn't sure where this was going to go i was right though that miz did try to interfere but it backfired and it cost morrison badly cost morrison so badly that, of course, we all know Damian Priest did win that match. Yay. Damian's get. I mean, this storyline with Damian Priest and Miz and Morrison, it's 
it's classic. It is classic. I love to watch this go and see how far this is going to unfold. Could, I don't know how far they're going to take this. I mean, they could take it all the way to WrestleMania next year with this storyline. It's just that good. Morrison, bless his heart, he, he tries. He tries. He really does. But Miz making you basically costing him the match. Not quite sure where that's going to go. Could we see Miz and Morrison split? Could we see the two of them fight each other? Could we see, you know, I don't know where creative is going to go with this. Right now, Damian Priest is on fire. So, I mean, they got Damian Priest. I see this, I see this performer going all the way to getting the WWE title. I just see it coming. It's in the cards. It's coming because Priest is so good. He is just so, and if you guys have never seen him, go check him out. Go to social media and type in Damian Priest. You're going to see some classic matches and you're going to see some classic battles. And they're, I mean, they're just good. If I mean, he's just good. He's good in any, any promotion he's ever been in. He's just fantastic. Of course, we have a new person to Monday Night Raw. Now, for those of you who watched Monday Night Raw uh, this week, and you're scratching your head going, who is Monsoor? If you don't know who Monsoor is, he is from NXT. He is a, and also 205 Live. I've seen him on both shows. Truthfully and honestly, I liked him in NXT better because he had a little bit more chance to shine. He's faced Elias. He's faced a lot of good performers. Austin Aries. He's faced a lot of good performers in NXT. He's from India. And he's very, very good. I mean, to me, in my opinion, and some of you may disagree, he's a heck of a performer. His presence, his mic skills, his wrestling ability, his ring awareness, everything about this performer is fantastic i mean he is a fantastic wrestler he is going to be one to watch and i'm signing him to monday night raw oh i love it i love it because he has a chance being on monday night raw as soon as gender mahal returns to basically possibly either have a match with gender team up with gender gender mahal trained monsoor so it's going to be interesting to see when gender does return to monday night raw how these two are going to interact because it's going to be interesting i mean it's the teacher versus your teacher and the student on the same brand so it's going to be interesting but of course monsoor did get signed and Seamus come to greet him, as Seamus always does. And basically, Ted tells Monster, well, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Guess what? I'm going to give you a shot at the United States title later on tonight. Monster's kind of skeptical about this because, I mean, come on, guys. Seamus is good. We all know how good Seamus is. Anybody in NXT knows how good these main eventers, you know, in Raw and SmackDown are. But the opportunity to start your first night on Raw your very first night against a veteran like Sheamus, especially for a title, fantastic. I love it. Of course, Adam Pierce basically tells him, this happens all the time. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. Basically, that you know, that's Pierce's way of saying, just get used to it. You're going to have people step up to you, challenge you, just get prepared because this is what you're going to face. I mean, I was excited. I'm excited. I was excited to see this because this is going to be a classic match. Very excited. MVP again. MVP just keeps popping up in some of the weirdest places. And I'm telling you guys, it, 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 it's bugging me that he keeps popping up. But I get where they're going with this. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to feel out that they're trying to give MVP because MVP is, he's good at what he does. He really is. I mean, he's fantastic at everything he does. He's like Paul Heyman, fantastic. 
but he goes to Braun Strowman and basically tries to get Braun to join their little merry band of the Hurt Business. Braun doesn't fall for it. Braun's not stupid. He's dealt with Lashley in the past. He doesn't want to deal with Lashley again. He's not dumb. Come on, MVP. Braun's not stupid. He's not going to take your side. He's not going to take the bait. And he doesn't. He tries, but he doesn't. This one was an interesting match because this is Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado, the Lucha House Party, versus Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin. This is a classic tag team match. This really was to me. It was a classic tag team match. Of course, it didn't go the way that Grand, you know, that Alexander and Benjamin thought it would. Grand Metalik and, and a shocking win won Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado won the match. Shocking win for me, but it was a win anyway for the Lucha House Party. What I wasn't expecting was Cedric Alexander's return on Sheldon Benjamin. I did not see that coming. I thought that would have happened way back when they were in the Hurt Business. I thought Cedric had come in basically as a rat, a mole, to stir into Lashley's little family and break the group up from within. I was wrong. They waited until after this match was over to basically Cedric call out Sheldon and tell Sheldon what kind of a bad wrestler he is and how he's holding him back and blah, 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 blah. I felt bad for Benjamin because Benjamin is a veteran. He's been there a lot longer than Cedric. He really has. And I felt bad for Benjamin because Benjamin is so good. He's good. He's not getting credit where credit's due. He's not getting the push that he deserves. And I kind of feel bad for Sheldon Benjamin. But, of course, this could be setting up a good feud between Cedric Alexander and Sheldon. We'll have to see. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. Don't quite know where it's going to go, but it probably will go that way. Back to the Sheldon Benjamin case. Okay, guys, I've got to apologize. This is the privileges of working at home. My dog decides to voice her opinion. Apparently, she disagreed with the whole Sheldon Benjamin case. So, I do apologize for that, but I'm glad she voiced her opinion out there. Okay, now back to the Sheldon Benjamin, Cedric Alexander thing. I'm going to reiterate. Sheldon Benjamin, is said, Sheldon Benjamin is fantastic. He really is. Cedric Alexander is new to this. So, to Cedric to claim that he's better than Sheldon kind of bugs me a little bit as, you know, a wrestling fan. Because we know Benjamin. We know how good he is. And it kind of bugs me a little bit. But like I said, Sheldon's good. I'm interested to see what WWE is going to go with this. I'm interested to see what they got to say. Or what they're going to do. Are they going to put them in? You know, what are they going to do with these? Are they finally going to split up one of the remaining members of the Hurt Business? Could we, Paul? I don't know. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Now, Angel Garza. What can I say about Angel, Angel Garza, other than he is a very interesting person. Very interesting person in WWE. The things with the flowers and how he's Mr. Romantic. I like it. What I thought was cute was Drew Gulak basically coming up and telling Angel, "Put your put basically put your rose where your mouth is." That's pretty much how I looked at it, as he's basically telling him, "Put your rose where your mouth is." Let's have a match. Let's see just how good you really think you are, and we'll see how this goes. Curious as if WWE was going to go with it. Interesting to see you know how this match would go and where this would go down. Of course. It goes to Sheldon Benjamin. Like I told you guys earlier, previously, Sheldon Benjamin is good. But Sheldon basically tells Cedric Alexander how he feels and how where he stands. Best promo I've seen Sheldon Benjamin do 
since he came back to WWE. Best promo. Shout out to Sheldon Benjamin. Best promo. Classic veteran promo. I loved it. I'm going to love to see how this is going to go between him and Cedric Alexander. I'm looking forward to it. Of course, Angel Garza versus Drew Gulak. We got the match. I like it. The match was good. The match was great. Gulak and Garza, great pair-up. They were a great pair-up. You know, their fighting styles were similar. Their moves were similar. I kind of get a kick out every time that Garza's out there right before a match or in the middle of a match. He will rip them pants off. I'm like, really? As a woman, I'm sitting there going, really? Do you think this is sexy to me? Mm -mm. Take your shirt off? That's sexy. But, yeah, I... You, the ladies out there may disagree and some of the men may disagree out there if you do give me a shout out on social media and tell me what you think but it's kind of interesting to see and you know they were their match was great their match was good of course garza did win but what garza did after i couldn't stop laughing i still can't stop laughing about what he did after he took set rose stuffed it up his basically down his pants and kicked him right in the butt behind with the rose and the thorns. Now, you can imagine how bad that felt. That had to hurt. And I mean hurt. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Kudos there, Angel Garza. Kudos. Matt Riddle and the Viking Raiders. Oh, the Viking Raiders. I am happy to see... Eric and Ivar return. I'm interested to see where they're going to go with them. They're going to give them the tag titles again. What are we going to see with the Viking Raiders? Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle. I do not know what to say about Matt Riddle. And I can only say this so many times. Great wrestler. Great wrestler. My problem is, is still yet again, like I told you guys, I think he came into WWE Raw and SmackDown a little too soon. I think they should have left him in NXT just a little bit longer to kind of give him a little bit more of an edge. Give him a little bit more of, you know, what you would expect. But it's interesting. It's an interesting storyline. Me personally, I don't like Matt Riddle. You guys might. And like I said, give me a shout out on social media. I know you guys probably disagree. I don't like Matt Riddle. And it's not the fact of the wrestling. There's other factors involved, and we're not going to go into that. I just don't don't like him, personally. But Randy comes up and basically tells him to zip his mouth because he kept talking about RK Bro and kept punch, po basically poking the Viper. And I'm telling you guys, you don't poke Randy Orton. You just don't poke him. And claiming that they're a great tag team. Matt, you've had one win. I'm with Randy. One win. One match. One win. You are not a good tag team on one win. You need to build up your winning streak and, you know, your wrestling, you know, as a tag team before you claim to be a, be a great tag team. One win does not make a good tag team. It doesn't. Of course, when he tells him to zip his mouth, Randy holds out his hand. He zips his mouth. He gives him the invisible key. Thank you, Randy Orton, for shutting Matt Riddle up. I love it. I love that Randy told him to shut up, and he did it. I love it. Of course, we get setting back to what happened earlier with Riker and Elias hitting Randy with the tomatoes. I told you guys, nothing good comes of nailing Randy Orton with anything. Nothing good can come of it. And I was right. 
Elias and Jackson Riker had to face Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. I keep laughing because of this whole tomato thing. It was it's 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 classic. The match was good. The match was really good. Jackson Riker and Elias they work well together. I like them together. I like the pairing. They're a good tag team. I was impressed. I mean, the match was good back and forth. You know, they were showing their different style. Randy Orton dominating. You see Riker, Matt Riddle. You know, Randy is giving Matt Riddle a good, good push. She's giving him good advice. Giving you're teaching him new techniques. I like this. This is good for Matt Riddle's career. This really is. But I still think, and this is me. You guys may disagree. I still think Randy is setting Matt Riddle up for what I don't know. We know the Viper. We know how the Viper is. He did the same scenario with Bray Wyatt way back when. So we know Randy, the legend killer, always has something up his sleeve. He always does. There's no telling what he's up to. But right now, their tag team is looking good. Of course, Riddle and Orton did win that match. Tag team's looking good. The tag team is really looking good. But I still say, Randy's up to no good. What he's up to, I don't know, but we're going to see. Drew McIntyre cuts a promo about Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. The promo was great. I love how they bring Mason T-Bar back into kind of like the fold. I like that. I like that they're doing that. That's kind of cool. That's fresh. You're still keeping Mason T-Bar fresh in everybody's minds that they are still a problem for Drew McIntyre. Could they be connected to MVP? You're keeping that fresh. I agree with Drew. Braun is good. He is. He's really good. Should he have been in the match with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre? He earned it. He did He did earn it. But I didn't think that he needed to be in a triple threat match. I think that he should have faced the winner later on. You know, on Raw or you know, a couple weeks down the road. Not on Backlash. I, but I could be wrong. This match could be a killer match. Of course, Braun comes up, doesn't like Drew's opinions of him, doesn't like the way that Drew's talking about him, and there's a little confrontation between Drew and Braun. I like it. I like the little confrontation. I like where you're going with this. Could Braun win the title and it become Drew versus Braun? Who knows? I like it. I like where it's going. Of course, then, we have Sheamus and Monsoor. Monsoor's first night... Uh, of course, like I said, Monsoor's really good. And he really showcased what he could do with Sheamus. Sheamus being Sheamus, doing what Sheamus does. Match was good. The ending, on the other hand, was really, really interesting because Alberto Carrillo, who had gotten tacked earlier in the night, interferes in Monsoor's match. Automatically, Monsoor wins by DQ. So, but Sheamus gets to keep his title. So, Monsoor won his first match. We all know in WWE, most of the time, when you're bringing in a new superstar to Raw or to SmackDown or to NXT or to NXT UK or even 205 Live, you're go or even main event, you're going to have the person who's new win the match. It's very rare that they lose their debut match. Very rare. It's, I mean, it happens, but it's very rare. So I was happy to see Monsoor you know, win this match, but Alberto Carrillo basically... Beats the daylights out of Sheamus. It's looking like a setup for a United States title. That's what it looks like to me. Could be wrong. Ah, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. I love this girl. I really do. She's classic. 
She's great. I love her. Her new, you know, old new storyline with how she was connected to the Fiend. Fantastic. How she's branched off from the Fiend. Fantastic. Lily. Again, I'm going to digress. What in the heck? Are we dealing with demonic toys? Are we dealing with a demonic doll? Is she Annabelle? What is she? I, I, I don't know about Lily. I'm scratching my head with Lily. Alexis is not giving us much context on Lily other than the fact that whatever she does, Lily basically makes her do it. A doll? A doll makes you do it? I'm starting to think we're dealing with an Annabelle here. Really? I mean, because Lily is a tricky, tricky story. What Alexa hints to makes me really scratch my head because Alexa's basically hinting to that what is going to happen next, don't blame her. Lily made her do it. Could we see Alexa Bliss get involved in the triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash? Could that be the case? Are they getting ready to give Alexa a title run with this Lily doll? What are we getting here? What are we seeing? And where's the Fiend? Why have we not seen Bray Wyatt? We haven't seen the Fiend at all. Where is he? You know, is the storyline between him and Alexa over? I'm interested about this whole thing that what's going to happen next, don't blame me, Lily made me do it. I'm curious. Could she be getting involved in the triple threat match? Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Maybe next week on Raw, they'll clarify. Maybe there'll be a little bit more of a you know detail as to what Alexa means by this. I'm stumped. I'm stumped on the whole thing. I'm stumped on Lily. I'm stumped on the whole thing. Guys, get on social media, on my social media, and tell me what you think about Lily. You know, what, you know, what is Lily? What is Lily? You know, I would love to hear you guys' opinions because Lily's got me stumped. Alexa's got me stumped. I like the storyline, but I'm still confused. Lana and Naomi versus Shayna and Nia. I've told you guys, Shayna and Nia are on fire right now. They are on fire. They are at the top of the women's division right now. They, they're great as a tag team. They're great separately. They're fantastic. I love Shayna Baszler. I've loved Baszler since NXT. So, I like seeing this combination with Nia. She's bringing out the best in Nia, and Nia's bringing out the best in her. Now, Naomi and Lana, I love them too. They are they're fantastic. Whatever they do, they're great. TikTok, whatever they do, they're great. I love them. I love them. So, you put these two together, and I'm like, okay. And, of course, this was for the tag team titles. How many times are Nia and Shayna going to put the tag team titles on the line before finally they lose them? Or are they ever going to lose them? Are they going to be on the top of the division from now on? Are they going to be the longest reigning tag team champions? We don't know. But, of course, this match was good. I thought several times Lana had it. She was really, I mean, on fire. I thought, that, I thought Lana had it. And as a, you know, a wrestling fan who is a woman, I told you guys I stand by my women's division. And I, I love Lana. Some of you may not. I do. I love her. I think she's fantastic. Naomi, I love her to death. My little glowworm. I love her. She's fantastic. I thought really thought Lana had this one. I thought Lana on several occasions had it. Of course, I was wrong. Shayna and Nia, again, dominated, won the match. Kudos to you girls. Props. I love you. Interesting to see where this is going to go. Are these girls ever going to lose their tag titles? Are they going to reign tag champions forever? Don't know. The sky's the limit as to where they can go with Nia and Shayna. It's the sky's the limit on this one. 
Now we get to my favorite part, the main event of Monday Night Raw. Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. I told you guys that we've seen Strowman and Lashley fight before. And trust me, some of their matches were are classic matches. Some of their matches were downright brutal. Everybody, if you haven't seen it, you go, after I tell you this, go back and look at it. Go look it up on social media. The one match we all remember was a match where they went through the Titan Tron. For those of you who have not seen it, please go to social media and look it up. It was brutal. It, it was scary because they both hit the electrical boxes and they both looked like they got that looked like they got electrocuted to death. It scares you. You're not knowing what's going on. I mean, the power was cut all over the arena. It was incredible. But like I said, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It is, I mean, their matches are brutal. Their match was good. Their match was really good. I mean, Braun was really showing what he could do against Lashley. I was expecting a hurt lock at some point. And every time he tried to put it on Braun, <laughs> Braun got out of it. Way to go, Braun. You can get past a hurt lock. I'm impressed. I, I was impressed with Braun. Of course, Drew come out on commentary. Drew had to see this match up close and personal, and I loved I love Drew on commentary. I do. Drew is fun to watch. He's fun to listen to. I just love Drew McIntyre all the way around. So to get to see him on commentary and hear his opinions versus Corey Graves, Byron Saxton, and then the new guy from ESPN, it's kind of interesting to you know hear what Drew has to say about the match. What he has to say about Bobby Lashley. What he has to say about Braun. What he has to say about both of them. Because, I mean, they're in a triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash. So, it's interesting to see. It was a good match. Of course, in the middle of the match, Braun and Lashley are outside. Lashley is fighting with Braun. Braun throws Lashley into Drew. Accidentally hitting Drew and knocking Drew over. Drew not taking that line down. McIntyre, the Scottish warrior, does not take that line down. Him and Braun get into a knockout, dragout fight outside the uh, the ring. It's brutal. Of course, in the end, Lashley did win. Who didn't see that coming? We knew that was going to happen. Lashley is the dominating champion. So, I expected that. What I didn't expect is what happened afterwards when Lashley turns around... Claymore, out of nowhere, did not see that one coming. Then Braun gets up, turns around, second Claymore out of nowhere. Drew standing tall. Drew, I emphasize that, Drew standing tall. Could this be Lashley's final run? Could we actually see Drew win the triple threat match and take the title from Bobby Lashley? Granted, Lashley will get a rematch. Could still, like I said, set up this feud between Drew and Lashley that could go all the way to SummerSlam. We could see it happen. Could Braun be mixed up in this, you know, this feud between the three, the two of them? Don't know. Don't know. But I was impressed. I was impressed with this. I really was. Of course, what Drew did sets up my one to watch for next week. Bobby Lashley has a match against Drew McIntyre. Could we actually see Braun Strowman come out just like Drew did, and interfere in Drew's and Lashley's match. Now remember, guys, next week is the row is the raw before WrestleMania backlash. So a lot's gonna happen. A lot could happen. But like I said, this match is one that I'm putting on my one to watch. Could we actually see the three of them get into an all-out brawl to end Raw? Could that be what we see building up to WrestleMania backlash? 
Who knows? I'm interested to see that. Now we go on to Friday Night Smackdown for May 7th. This was what they call the throwback Smackdown. Oh my gosh, we're going all the way back to the 90s and the 2000s. Really, guys? We know these classic matches. We've seen them. We are, I mean, it was nice to see, you know, some of them like Triple H versus The Rock and some of the others. You know, we were always interested to see them because it's been a while since I've seen them. But sometimes as a wrestling fan, when you go back and watch matches that you remember when you were younger, it makes you kind of feel, oh my gosh, am I really that old? <laughs> Did I really? I can remember this match. I can remember this feud. God, I feel old. It makes you feel that way sometimes. And some of you may not agree. Some of you may think, hey, I like to see these classic old matches. They're nice to see. It's a fresh welcome, you know, thing. And I'd love to hear about what you guys think on social media. Roman Reigns. I've told you guys how much I, and how much I love Roman and how he is one of my favorites. I love when Roman opens SmackDown because it sets up for possibly a very interesting night on SmackDown. And Roman did. What they did was kind of funny in a way. And it kind of was, but to me it wasn't. Paul Heyman doing the bell salute, a 10 bell salute for Daniel Bryan. Now, you would expect, you know, the ding, ding, ding from the actual bell. No. Paul Heyman does it with his mouth. Hilarious. He does the bell sounds himself. Absolutely hilarious, Heyman. You had me laughing. You had me rolling. Classic heel move. Classic heel move. I loved it. After that, we got to see, ah, Jimmy Uso return. I love it. I love when Jimmy and Jay are together. They're a great tag team. They're great together. Their chemistry, you know, their storylines, they're great. To see Jimmy Uso return, I was like, yay, he's back. I'm happy. What can we possibly see them go for the tag titles? I was excited to see it. Cesaro enters and basically states his opinion about how he feels about Roman and how he does not like the way that he disses Daniel Bryan and that nobody can ever replace Daniel Bryan. Kudos, Cesaro. I love you for standing up for Daniel. Thank you very much. I love you. While he's basically having this little confrontation with Roman, enters Mr. WrestleMania himself, the heist of the century, the architect Seth Rollins, and he attacks Cesaro from behind. Who did not see that coming? Who did not see Seth Rollins going after Cesaro? They have been having this feud on SmackDown for quite a while. So who did not see Seth coming in? Of course, he attacks Cesaro. Teddy Long comes out. We had that throwback, throwback SmackDown. We got to have the old general manager, Teddy Long. Holla, holla, holla. Happy to see him there. Basically, he tells Cesaro, in your match tonight against Seth Rollins, if you can beat Seth Rollins, you will get at WrestleMania Backlash a shot at the Universal Champ Roman Reigns. That is huge. That is huge for Cesaro. That is huge for his career. If he can beat, if he can beat Seth, he gets to face Roman for the title. That is that's huge. That is a huge announcement. That is big, epic. I love it. Way to go, Teddy Long. Shout out. Way to go. Great. Of course, we get Cesaro versus Rollins. I love Seth. I've told you guys thousands of times I love Seth Rollins. Of course, you got Jimmy and Jay at, at ringside because they were out there when Roman was out there. Roman knows what the stakes are. He understands the stakes are high that if Cesaro beats Seth, he has to face Cesaro. 
he knows that's coming. So who would not expect for him to have his two golden boys, his golden cousins, Jimmy and Jay, out there to help make sure that Cesaro doesn't win the match? Seth did not need Jimmy and Jay out there. Rollins can handle his business without having any backup help. He's always done it. Nothing has changed. Rollins is good. Rollins always has a plan up his sleeve. So, I mean, I don't know why, but I guess Roman wanted a little bit of extra insurance. Of course, it backfires. It backfires in the worst way because Jimmy and Jay both hit, instead of Cesaro, Seth. They take Seth Rollins out. Folks, think about this for a minute. Seth freaking Rollins. Costing Rollins to lose the match. Setting up Cesaro versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title at WrestleMania Backlash. I'm sitting there in my chair thinking I can only imagine what Roman is thinking right now. I can only imagine what what's going through Roman's mind right now. How mad he is at his cousins for pulling this stunt. What he wasn't expecting was Seth to come and confront him. Yay! Rollins and Reigns! I love this! I love them being together. They're fa- either whether they're together or they're against each other or they're on the same playing field. It's fantastic to see Rollins and Reigns. I love it. Of course, Rollins confronts him and asks him, What happened out there? Why don't you get your boys in line and keep your boys out of my business? They don't need to be involved. I don't need you in my business. I don't want to be in your business. I don't want to deal with them. What 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 do you what kind of ship are you running here? You claim to be the head of the table. What kind of ship are you running here? Basically, Seth tells him uh, he's not happy with it. Roman tells him, I'll take care of it. I will take care of Jimmy and Jay. Seth in turn tells him, Good. You take care of it, because if you don't, then I will. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are we going with this? Could we be actually seeing Seth face turn slowly? That is an architect move. That is a Seth Rollins from S.H.I.E.L.D. architect move. Could we be seeing him face turning? Could we see Rollins versus Reigns any point in time for the universal title could this be where creative is going with this i like it i like it because rollins and reigns their matches when they put them against each other they are phenomenal they're fantastic if you haven't seen them go look them up on social media they have had some heck of a feuds and they're good they are they're just great i love them so i'm curious as to where this is going could we actually see seth rollins go for the universal title against roman i'm hoping so i'm hoping that this is where they're going because this would be good this would be great you could take this feud all the way to wrestlemania next year heck you could take this feud between rollins and reigns all the way to SummerSlam. it could be it could be fantastic it could be a great feud but we got to get past wrestlemania backlash first and see where they go i'm interested to see where they're going to go with this Of course, Reigns keeps up his end of the bargain and confronts Jimmy and Jay. He basically tells Jimmy, I brought you back tonight. Hoping that, you know, this would be a good, you know, good relationship between the two of us. That, you know, the three of us would work together. Hoping that you would, you know, be on my side with this. And then you go and pull that stunt with Rollins, which gets Rollins coming to me. Wanting to, getting up in my business, wanting to know why I'm not taking care of my own. Jimmy goes against him. 
right off the bat. Kudos to Jimmy Uso. I am proud of you for finally standing up for your brother and standing up to the head of the table and tell him how you truly feel about the way he's doing things. Shout out to you, Jimmy Uso. I am proud of you. Roman doesn't like it. Roman does not like it. Jay goes after him to try to talk Jimmy down and get Jimmy back on their side so that Roman doesn't do something that Roman's going to later on regret. Of course, we have Ruby Riot versus Carmella. I stick by my women's division. I have always stuck by my women's division. I love Ruby. I love Liv. I love the Riot Squad. I do. I love them to death. Do I think that they're doing enough with them? No. To me, I don't think they get enough screen time, and I don't think they get enough credit where credit's due because the girls are good. They're fantastic. Carmella... I'm not, I mean, she's a great wrestler. She's a great person. She has a great personality. She's great in the ring. My problem with her is she seems to be like she's being too much of a yes woman. I'll do whatever you want me to do, creative. I'll, as long as I get screen time, I'll do it. Carmilla, you're better than that. You are better than that. I know you are. And to see you do this and become a yes woman bugs me. It bugs me to death. Granted, she's been good. She's been good. Has she gotten enough airtime like she should have? She did in the beginning when she returned. But now they've kind of watered it down and when you don't see her much. And that kind of bugs me. So the chance to get to see her against Ruby was good. The match is okay. It wasn't what I would expect a match to be. It was okay. Of course, Carmilla did win that match. Shout out. I'm glad Carmilla did. And me and me kind of gets you know Carmilla back in the spotlight. Do I think Carmella, Liv, and Ruby deserve more than what they're getting? Yes, I do. Do I think that they deserve to have more opportunities? Yes, I do. Because these girls have been there a very long time, and they're not getting credit where credit is due. They're pushing too many too many same superstars over and over and over again in the women's division, and they're forgetting that they've got others like Carmella, Ruby, and Liv who deserve a chance to shine and deserve opportunities too. They've they've proven they deserve the opportunities. They don't need to be watered down like this. They need to be given a chance to shine and show what they can do and maybe win titles. That you mean they deserve that. Bailey, 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 Bailey. I have talked about Bailey till I can't talk about Bailey no more. I don't miss the balloon crazy Bailey. I don't like this ding dong hello Bailey. She kind of is a ner- is nerve wracking to me and annoying. She disses the entire women's division. I mean, even you know veterans who have been you know who have came and gone, you know Hall of Famers. She's I mean, I know she's a heel. And that's what heels sometimes do. But you're not going to... Come on. This Beth Phoenix? Molly Holly? Jacqueline? Have you lost your mind? Have you hit your head? I mean, and the fact that she keeps running around going, I'm the longest reigning women's champion in SmackDown. Bailey, you keep talking like that and eventually someone's going to knock you off your perch. Someone is going to come along and take that spot. Stop bragging. No one likes a bragger. Stop bragging, Bailey. We know you're the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champ. We're happy for you. Kudos. I'm glad you did it. But stop bragging about it. Stop saying it every time you come out. We get tired of hearing it. It's getting old. Move on. Of course, 
She says no one's on her level. No one. Not even Bianca Belair. Really, Bailey? The EST of WWE is not on your level? She's a SmackDown Women's Champion. She beat one of the best wrestlers, I believe, in the women's division, Sasha Banks. Her and Sasha had a classic match at WrestleMania, and she still beat Sasha. And you're telling me you are that she is not on your level? Bailey, Sasha has, Sasha has beat you how many times? How many times has Sasha defeated Bailey? Quite a bit. Bianca, every time Bianca and Bailey have fought, Bailey's won too. But Bianca has beat her three times. Come on, Bailey. Bianca is right there with you. She's at your level. She is right up there with you. She can run with you. She can fight you. She is good. Now, my problem with Bailey is the fact that Bailey is getting a shot at the SmackDown Women's Championship before any other woman in that locker room. It, there are other women in that locker room who should have gotten a title shot before Bailey. Bailey should have earned her title shot just like Oscar Onraw did. You know, like, you know, Natalia and Tamina have been doing, like Naomi and Lana have been doing. She, she's she's not I don't know. I, I you guys may like Bailey like this. I don't. I don't. I like her as a heel, but she's acting like a braggart and she's acting like, oh, I'm better than everybody else. She kind of reminds me of somebody else from another promotion. And the promotion I'm talking about is AEW. And the person I'm talking about is MJF, who thinks he's better than you and you know it. Bailey and him would be a perfect match because they both act the same way. Bailey bugs me. Of course, Bianca comes out and, you know, states her peace and, you know, pretty much does what she, what Bianca does. They get into a fight. Bianca's actually dominating Bailey until Bailey grabs a hold of her earrings. <sighs> you go for the earrings. Every time you get into a fight, you go for the earrings. Really? You're going to yank on the earrings. Seriously? Of course, Bailey does attack Bianca. Does beat Bianca down. It To me, it seems like it's a back and forth fight over who's better than who. In my opinion, Bailey and Bianca are on the same level. It's going to be a heck of a fight between the two of them to determine who's going to walk away with that title. Do I see Bailey getting it? It's a possibility. Do I see Bailey getting it fairly? Oh, I don't see her winning it fairly. If she wins it, it's going to be by cheating some way. Do I see someone else interfering? I see a possibility of Sasha Banks coming back and claiming her spot and claiming her right to a rematch against Bianca. I see it's coming. I see it coming. When it's going to come, I don't know. Could it be at WrestleMania Backlash? Oh heck yeah, it could be. Bailey could lose her touch on or lose her opportunity of that title and lose that title because of Sasha Banks. I see it coming. It, it, it's just it just looks like that's where it's heading. Jey Uso, we've had this whole thing with Roman and Jay and Jimmy going all night. And I love this. So to continue on with this story, I'm liking it. I'm liking the setup. Of course, Jey Uso confronts Jimmy and tries to talk Jimmy down and get Jimmy to see Roman's side of the playing field. To try to get Jimmy with Roman and him and Paul Heyman. Jimmy basically calls it out like it is. He lays it all on the line that pretty much Jay is being bullied. 
He's being bullied by Roman. He's being mistreated by Roman. He's The only reason why Roman has the universal title, and Jimmy calls it, is because of Jay Uso. Every time Roman goes uh, is almost close to losing that title, Jay comes in and helps Roman keep it. Without Jay, Roman's got... I mean, come on. Jay was not there the night that Roman and Kevin had their fight. Roman almost lost his title that night because Jay was not there. Proof that Jay Uso is the only reason Roman still has that title. Jay keeps helping Roman out, and Jimmy calls him out on it. Jimmy tells him, look, we could go for the tag titles. You and I, we're great together. We are perfect. We don't need Roman to do what we do. I mean, because picture this. Roman with the universal title. Us with the tag titles. How would that look to the head of the table? What kind of grand scale would that put? Are they going for the titles? Is that what Jimmy's hinting to? Is he hinting that Jay and him are going to go after the titles, giving the head of the table and his cousins all the gold? Could we see that? That's a possibility. Or could Jimmy, which this is what I believe, you guys may disagree, is trying to get Jay to see the forest for the trees and realize Roman is using him to get what he wants out of him. I like Jimmy. I like that Jimmy is trying to get through to his cousin. And I like that Jimmy is seeing the truth for what it is. He's on the outside looking in. He's not been on WWE since he had his knee injury. He was there at Hell in the Cell and we saw how that went down. Jimmy is the outsider. He's the one on the outside watching from the outside and seeing how this is going down. And Jimmy is calling it just like it is. Roman is using Jay. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that Jimmy is, you know, going to side with Roman. There's a possibility, but I see this falling apart. I see this little, you know, thing with Roman and Jay falling apart. And Jimmy's going to be the X factor of the whole thing. Rey Mysterio versus Dolph Ziggler. That's what we thought we were going to get. Dolph Ziggler apparently thought otherwise. Picking on Dominic Mysterio. Basically calling Dominic Mysterio a wannabe wrestler playing around in you know, wrestling clothing. Basically picking on Dominic. Well, Dolph Ziggler, you reap what you sow. You get what you ask for. Of course, it changed from Dolph Ziggler and Rey Mysterio to Dominic Mysterio versus Dolph Ziggler. I thought in this match it was going to be Dolph because Dolph and, you know, Robert Roode have been, the Dirty Dogs have been dominating. They're, they've been dominating the Mysterios since the beginning. I thought really, truthfully and honestly, it was going to be Dolph and Dominic proved me wrong. Of course, Dominic Mysterio won it, but that was an incredible win. That was an incredible win. That was one of those wins you did not see coming, and Ziggler definitely didn't see it coming. Of course, like you guys know, uh, it's pretty much going to be at WrestleMania Backlash, the Dirty Dogs versus the Mysterios for the tag team titles. I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'm not sure where this is going to go. I'm interested to see where it's going to go, and we're going to see uh, of course, then, Reginald. Reginald, Reginald, Reginald. Oh, boy. He puts himself in a match against Tamina. Tamina, have you lost your pretty little mind to go against Tamina? I've told you guys where I stand with Reginald. I completely have told you guys where I stand with Reginald. I don't like him with Shayna and Nia. They don't need Reginald to be with Shayna and Nia. Nia and Shayna do fine on their own without a little interference from a little, pardon me, Nia's little pop tart getting involved. I 
have a problem with it. But Reginald did impress me in this match. He really did. You know, his little flips and his little stuff. Tamina also impressed me. I love Tamina. I've told you guys where I stand with Natalia and Tamina. I think these two girls need more credit than what they're getting. I think they deserve the tag titles. I love them. I, you know, I think they're great. They're they're really a good match against Shayna and Nia. The match was good. The match was cute. It was one of those little playful matches that you kind of filler in between that you, you know you're waiting for. It was a great little cute little match. Of course. Tamina did win by DQ because Shayna got involved. Tamina literally got her butt whooped by Shayna and Nia. They basically just brutalized her. They beat the living daylights out of her. This sets up for next week on Friday Night Smackdown. Shayna and Nia versus Tamina and Natalia for the tag team titles. I think, and this is my opinion, and you guys may disagree... Shayna's and Nia's number is up. They're about to lose the tag titles next week to Natalia and Tamina. I think this is it. It's coming. It's done. It's over. Could be wrong, but I think so. Of course, Roman tells Heyman to bring him his cousin. I'm sitting there going, which one does he want? Which one is he asking for? Is he asking for Jimmy? Is he asking for Jay? Is Which one is he asking for? Of course, then, we get our 10-man tag team match that earlier in the night, uh, uh, Teddy Long set up. It consists of Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, Chad Gable, and Otis versus Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, Montez Ford, Big E, and Angelo Dawkins. This match literally turned into chaos in the very beginning chaotic i mean brutally chaotic i mean it was it was a very 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 good tag team match i mean great you had 10 of the best superstars in smackdown right now fighting against each other in you know in teams it was fantastic I was afraid because i've always told you guys about commander azim and how i feel about him i was afraid he was going to get involved in this match thank you he did not Apollo Crews and them actually showcased what they could do. Apollo showcased what he really could do. Baron Corbin, he stole the match. Him and Shinsuke stole that match. There is no disputing it. No hand, no, no question. Shinsuke and Baron Corbin owned that match. They proved what they could do. And they for both their teams. And they were they were the stars of that match. Of course, Shinsuke did lose to Baron Corbin by deep six. Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, Chad Gable, and Otis did win that match. Wasn't happy with it. Kind of interested to see where they're going to go with, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami. Could we see Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke? Well, you know, could we see, you know, the Street Profits versus Gable and uh, Otis? Could we? I know we're going to see, but I know this isn't over between Big E and Apollo Crews. Not by a long shot. Could we see Sami Zayn going after Apollo Crews and his title? That I'm interested in looking at, too. Could, could we see that? Because Sammy is kind of hinting by looking at the Intercontinental title. He's done it twice now. Leads me to wonder, is Sammy going to go after the Intercontinental title? Could we see him and Apollo Crews have a fight? I'm interested to see where this is going to go. It's very interesting. It was a great tag team match. Fantastic. We close out the night with Roman and Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso. Of course, Roman comes out there 
and basically says he's going to confront Jimmy Uso. He's had enough of Jimmy's shenanigans. He's tired of Jimmy not doing what he's supposed to fall in line. He's having a big problem with him not acknowledging him. Roman's classic thing, acknowledge me. He has a very big problem with it. Of course, he's in the ring. And he's talking and he's waiting for Jimmy. Calls Jimmy out. Jimmy does come out. Jimmy does basically remind Jay Uso of the Hell in the Cell match. He even plays the Hell in the Cell match for everybody to see. If you did not see Hell in the Cell last year, it was an I Quit match for the Universal title, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. All one of the others had to say was, I quit. Jay Uso would not quit in this match. Not for a second. No matter what Roman threw at him, he wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't quit. He did not want to acknowledge Roman Reigns as the head of the table. And I would say, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Until Jimmy comes out and tries to convince Roman, you've took it too far. You've took it a step too far. Roman breaks down. And for a minute, just for a second, I and probably some of you out there in the universe thought, Jimmy has finally gotten through to Roman. He's finally got Roman to see you're being a bully to your cousin. You're being a major bully. You need to rethink this. You need to redo this. No, Roman puts him in a guillotine. And that's what makes Jay quit. Jimmy makes Jay realize the only reason why you quit was because you were protecting me. Everything you do is protecting me. That's what you do. That's why you quit. That's why you've done everything. Don't you see what Roman is doing? Can't you see where Roman, what, where Roman is? He's doing this for himself. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about the family. He doesn't care about anything. All he cares about is himself. And Jimmy's trying desperately to get through to Jay. And you're starting to see that maybe, I mean, if you watch, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. You're starting to see that maybe Jimmy might be onto something and that he might actually be getting through to Jay because Jay's giving Roman a look of, I don't trust you. Look, it's that look of, oh my God, you're right. You're right. It's that look. Of course, Roman tells him, you either need to make a choice. You either need to acknowledge me as the head of the table and stand beside me, or you need to go home and tell your kids why you're home. Really, you're going to bring up the kids? You're seriously going to bring up his and Naomi's kids? Are you kidding me? Well, what's wrong with you, Roman? What is wrong with you? Jimmy does exactly what Roman tells him to do. He steps out of the ring. He's not going to acknowledge Roman as the head of the table. He's just not going to do it. It's not Jimmy's. Jimmy's not as easily swayed as Jay. And he sees where Jay's going with this. He sees what he's doing to Jay. And he's just not going to do it. So he steps out of the ring and starts to walk away. You can see Jimmy being conflicted. Standing on the up on the ramp. He's really conflicted. Because his brother is over there with a monster. Doing whatever the monster tells him to do. And Jay, Jimmy just wants to get his brother out. He cares about his brother. He loves his brother. He doesn't like to see his brother go down this road. And he sees where it's heading. While Jimmy is turned, Cesaro comes out of nowhere and Abby takes Roman out. Roman does not see it coming. It comes out of nowhere, blindsided. He beats Roman up bad. 
Jay gets in there and tries to help Roman. Cesaro takes out Jay. This is a basically a beatdown against Roman. I've never seen Roman manhandled like this other than with Daniel Bryan. And Cesaro just beats the daylights out of him. Jenny turns around and realizes what's going on and his confliction goes off and he immediately goes to help his cousin Jay, his you know his brother Jay. He's not going to help Roman because he's conflicted with what Roman's doing. So he goes to help his brother Jay. Jenny gets took out. Cesaro takes out all three members of Roman's family. Wipes Roman out. Wipes Jimmy out. Wipes Jay out. While whole time Paul Heyman is standing there watching, horrified, as these three people that he works for are just obliterated in that ring. Shout out to Cesaro. You oh kudos boy. You did fantastic. Could this be a prelude to what we're gonna see at WrestleMania Backlash? Could Cesaro be the person to take the title off Roman? Could this really happen? Could this be Cesaro's moment? I'm interested to see how this is gonna go. I'm interested to see the whole Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, Roman thing. Where's creative going with this? I, I, I'm interested to see how this is all gonna unfold. And then how this is going to unfold with Rollins now being in the mix. What are we, we going to get here? What could we see? I'm excited. This storyline is really good. Great build-up. I, you know, I liked it. I'm, I'm impressed with it. I'm interested to see where it's going to go. I want to know what you guys think. Do you guys think you know the same thing? Do you guys have another opinion about this that I don't? Do you have insight into something that I might be missing? I'm interested to see where this is going to go. This is a great storyline. Heck of a way to end SmackDown. Question marks all over the place. Kudos to Cesaro. It's just it's fantastic. Now, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Because without you guys, I there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. So I appreciate it. Now, like I said, guys, remember, follow me on social media at Facebook. Give me a shout-out on Twitter at WrestleMania Nights with a Z on the end of nights. Or go to my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy and give me a shout out. Tell me what you think. Give me your opinions on either Raw or SmackDown. Any match you want to choose, tell me what you think and let me know. And I'll see you guys next time with more wrestling action. Have a good night. Thank you very much.